Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to the notion of enlightenment. An hour for inquiry and rumination, all in an effort to apprehend exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. This is an hour where we explore the mysteries of our being and the universe we reside within. An hour for provocative inquiry, where we set aside our foregone conclusions and open ourselves up to the possibility of a new discovery. Aware that this unpacks to mean that we may just be wrong about what we have come to think we know and believe. This is an hour where we seek out an epistemological certainty, all the while cognizant of the dubiety of such a prodigious task. Therefore, this is an hour where we recognize that it is incumbent upon each of us to validate the information given and not to just accept it indiscriminately. For this is an hour where we strive to evaluate knowledge as inseparable from the total experience of reality. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, each week I read a few of your letters as our way of paying respect to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and improve it in every way. Last week, our show was all about self-sabotage. We took some phone calls, and one of them really heated up a conversation in our chat room. The caller phoned in to address a serious weight loss issue and began by pointing out that she had tried everything and nothing worked. As such, she felt like a failure. Every day, she tried to stick to some plan, And by day's end, she had failed. So she saw herself as a failure over and over again, at least where her weight was concerned. I suggested that the way she was talking to herself created part of her problem, so I asked her to change her proclamations from I can't, I never have, I always fail, and etc., to adding the phrase, up until now I have not not succeeded, up until now I have been unable and so forth. This just to provide the mental space for success today. I made a couple of other suggestions and informed her that I would send her our weight loss collection to assist in changing the way she talked to herself, and therefore her expectation of self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, all of this seemed fine, but when I suggested that she begin to set goals that she could easily meet, and thus begin to reinforce the idea that she could be successful at her daily goal, a visitor in our chat room unloaded this, and I quote, I can't believe it. I logged on to listen to some wisdom about self-destructive behavior, and Eldon handed that poor woman a load of crap about goal-setting. Double explanations, close quote. Okay, now the folks in the chat room gently attempted to explain the idea, and our visitor announced, quote again, clearly Eldon's approach isn't for me. I logged in here early to hear Marianne Williamson's show. Double explanations, close quote, and with that, our visitor left the chat room. I really don't know how you set out to accomplish something without having a plan. For me... The entire idea of accomplishing something implies that I am setting an ambition in place, a goal. The best way to achieve any significant ambition is in steps. Each step then can and does become a smaller goal in and of itself, 
on the way to our larger objective. If I am failing every day in my smaller goals, then it's very easy for me to become discouraged and just give up. The whole idea of beginning with daily goals that that can be easily met, but still that require a change in behavior or an extra something or other, is that we systematically reinforce our expectation of success by having daily successes. This doesn't seem too complicated to me. Indeed, it appears rather obvious. There are basics, fundamentals, if you will, and no rocket science is needed, at least in my opinion. And one more thing. If you know anything about me, then you know that I believe in self-responsibility. I see most of my work, technologies that I have developed, and so forth, as simply tools, like fishing line. When it comes down to change, only you can do it. There are many tools, but if you're waiting for magic or someone else to do it for you, then in my book, I'm sorry, you're just one lost puppy. I further find the idea of enabling anything short of self-responsibility to be a fundamental error that eventually ends in failure. Now, the kind of self-responsible that I am addressing, I have defined over and over in nearly all my books, my radio shows, uh, my personal lectures, etc. But very quickly, you may not be in charge of everything that comes to you in your life, but you are responsible for how you respond to it. All right, moving along. Carla wrote, while I, can, while I can't listen to your live show due to the job constraints anymore, I am thankfully able to catch you on Sunday morning. Your show this week on end, ending destructive patterns was most revealing. So much that I hurried over to your store and purchased the Intertalk CD. So start smiling. Now, that's a cute letter. Thank you very much, Carla. And it did bring a, both a chuckle and a smile to me. Christina wrote, I absolutely love your work. I ordered the self-esteem and self-sabotage CDs and have been listening to them every night before going to sleep. I have found that I am much more peaceful, focused, and centered. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you, Christina. Michelle wrote, quote, in all caps, the whole world should absolutely know about Mr. Taylor's Intertalk programs, explanation, end quote. Well, thank you, Michelle, and I agree. Darlene wrote, listen to your show on A-House Radio and really liked what you had to say. Thanks. Maureen wrote, heard about you and your work on A-House Radio. I have been in a quasi-paralyzed funk, low-grade depression. Everything has become an I don't want to. Self-loathing has been a tenacious life partner. I am excited to try your free downloads to see if I can bring about some change in these areas. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Maureen, thank you for your letter. Those programs will help you, and I'll use this as my segue to once again remind everyone of the free Intertalk programs available on my website. They're not samples. These are the real deal, the patented and scientifically proven Intertalk technology that will change the way you talk to yourself and thereby your expectation, which in turn directly impacts the reality you perceive and thus experience. So go to eldentaylor.com and choose free programs from the left-hand navigation pane and begin a better life for yourself today. All right, Dorothy Road, I love your show. Now that's one great pithy remark, Dorothy. Thank you very much. And Fifi wrote, Mind programming is one of the best books I have ever read. I say that because most people who talk about how we are manipulated become preoccupied with their own belief systems. 
as opposed to allowing engaging intellectual conversation to pave the way for the answers, a paradox as we know. What I most admire about Ellen is that he enables us to think for ourselves, that is, intellectual inquiry, not force-feeding a view or idea. Stimulating intellectual debate allows us to examine the argument and thereby examine it. At last, someone who can get us thinking. Thank you. And P.S. Ravinder, I love your input on the radio. Okay, thank you, Fifi, for... For, for all of you, uh, the book is currently selling for around $10 in paperback, and it comes with a free Intertalk CD, Serenity. It's great value. So now, Rav, you just got another fan in Fifi, and I heard from Thomas this past week that he heads up your cheering gallery in the chat room, you know? Uh, what is that? Rav, 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 rah, 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 or something <laughs> like that. What do you think of all that attention? You know, it's it, it's cute. It's fun. I'm I'm flattered by that, but we're giving everyone the incorrect impression out there. The fact is, in the chat room, we are all very, very supportive of each other. There's a marvelous bunch of people in there. We have doctors, PhDs, MDs. We have people who are unemployed and can't find a job, and everyone brings something of value. So we all help each other out in here. So even though you know we can't necessarily all talk directly to you and get your pearls of wisdom, we share our own pearls over here. I think that's fabulous, and you and you see movies, and you leave me here lonely with a headset on, huh? I never leave you. <laughs> no. I love you. That's great. All right. We have a really interesting subject today, one that uh, you and I are both familiar with, Rav, one that we have many testimonials on since we have an intertalk program designed to assist in facilitating the process, and that's uh, astral projection. So that's all the time we're going to take for letters, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. You can also just leave comments on my website. I do try to read all of your letters, and they do impact our programming. I highly value your input, so once again, thank you, all of you, for your feedback and comments. Now to today's show. Astral travel is an idea that's been around for a very long time. I'm sometimes quite literally amused by those that refer to the so-called New Age movement and identify it with practices, beliefs, and the like that are thousands of years old. Where astral travel is concerned, the evidence shows us that the Egyptians were aware of the astral body some three to 5,000 years ago. They called the astral body Ka, spelled K-H-A. There is some evidence that their initiation ceremonies included a requirement where you had to leave your body and appear in pure ka. In ancient Greece, Plutarch tells the story of Aristu, who leaves his body during a coma, where he speaks with a spiritual guide, and this experience transformed his life so much that from thief he became a highly respected member of his community. The Bible and the Quran are overflowing with vivid references to out-of-body travel. For example, in Ezekiel 3 and 12, it states, quote, Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me the noise of the Lord rumbling as the glory of the Lord rose from its place. Close quote. Ezekiel goes on to describe dozens of out-of-body experiences throughout his writings. Indeed, the Bible is full of references that clearly indicate both the knowledge of the astral body and its ability to leave the physical plane while participating in various spiritual matters. Astral projection is also known as OBEs for out-of-body experiences. 
The late Bob Monroe pioneered a different platform for OBEs by utilizing some solid research protocols combined with technological methods to produce them on demand. And my friend Tom Campbell, our NASA's physicist, actually assisted Monroe in this endeavor. Monroe's books, Journeys Out of the Body and Far Journeys, are an excellent source for reviewing this work. Many people have copied Monroe's pioneering work, and so it's quite common to see a variety of OBE audio recordings using sound patterns as Monroe did to generate the experience. For many authors, the astral body can potentially travel to seven different planes, albeit we're generally limited to the astral plane. Well, there is a lot of depth and breadth to this notion, and our guest today has written several books on the subject, advancing his own expertise through investigation. I know what I think about all of it, but we would love your thoughts, opinions, experiences, and questions. You can join us by phoning toll-free 1-866-254-1579, and international callers can dial their country code, then 760-918-4300. And once again, you can also join us in our chat room at eldentaylor.com forward slash chat. Okay. Joining us today as our guest is Robert Bruce. He is the author of four books, including Astral Dynamics, Practical Psychic Self-Defense Handbook, Mastering Astral Projection, and Energy Work, The Secret of Healing and Spiritual Development. He describes himself as a psychic investigator, metaphysician, mystic, and author. He is joining us from Australia, where it's 3 a.m., actually about 3.15 a.m. in the morning there. So let's welcome him to the show. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Mr. Robert Bruce. G'day, Elder. Nice to be here. Uh, it's indeed a pleasure to have you. I'm very glad that you get out of bed this early in the morning. I have great admiration for that uh, that commitment, sir. It's a gift. I did the same thing yesterday just for practice meaning that I kick the date. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great audience, and we're looking forward to your pearls of wisdom, as Ravinder says earlier. So let's begin by having you tell us how and why you became interested in astral projection. I first started having um, um, out-of-body experiences about the age of three or four years of age. And um, my first OB, I remember, um, I just started buzzing. I was a little little guy. And um, I lifted up out of my bed and moved through the house feet first as if my bed was coming with me. And <clears throat> after that, I, I, I had literally OBEs several times a night. And, uh, you know, I had hundreds, thousands of OBEs in, all through my childhood. So naturally, when I got into my um, 20s uh, and my parents got interested in spiritual matters, I was uh, I knew about um, you know, astral projection because I'd done it, you know, all my life. Right. So, uh, and that was when I started to teach myself how to induce them deliberately, and uh, that started me on the journey. So now, as a child, having these experiences, did they not frighten you? They did at first. Um, my my parents at the time weren't a great deal of help, but they didn't plant any negative seeds in me either. It was like pat me on the head and say, that's nice, dear. Have another biscuit. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that, now, did they believe you, or did they think you were just, you know, this was like imaginary friends, you were just making it up? I think, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, my mother had uh, ast- 
astral projections herself. She had them all her life as well. So um, I think she believed me. My dad was, well, you know, uh, you know, he was usually too busy to uh, um, talk to when I was young. I was usually off at work somewhere. Um, but later on, uh, when I became an adult, uh, you know, we talked about it and that, and he'd had a couple himself. So, you know, we had a bit of common ground. So but you, now you, you've written a book. Uh, one, among your your books uh, is a psychic self-defense uh, instruction manual, essentially. Did you have need for that as a child? Um, not so much as a child. It was later in life when I started uh, healing, uh, and I ran a couple of healing centers in my 20s with my, along with my mother. And I came across a lot of people who had uh, very unusual problems. And uh, I got involved with these people trying to help them and experienced a lot of uh, very weird phenomena. And uh, over the years of trying to help these people, uh, I uh, had need for, uh, you know, to protect myself by helping people who are suffering uh, various forms of possession uh, and house possession, poltergeists and things like that. Um, up until the point where I um, actually, while I was trying to um, release a, f- a five-year-old child from possession had very, very clear symptoms, very powerful phenomena. I became possessed myself um, because in the while I was trying to release this child, in exasperation, uh, I uh, made a foolish mistake and I literally said, uh, take me and leave the child. And it did instantly. And it was uh, only at that moment there that I realised that this was very, very real. Up until then, I, I didn't really understand it. I didn't really realise how real it was. And it took me several weeks uh, to release myself, and that was a big initiation for me. And so I, I had to develop methods to uh, help myself because the popular methods I found it just didn't work. Now, Robert, was this an entity attachment uh, a spiritual demonic kind of, uh, or I should say, or a spiritual demonic kind of possession, as the exorcist in the uh, Catholic tradition would see. Um, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm trying to get a grip on this. Is this? Are are we talking about an evil spirit? Are we talking this about a demon? A disin- I beg your pardon. This was a demon. A demon. Very so, clearly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Define demon for me, would you, Robert? Well, demons are a particular type of um, um, uh, evil spirit, you could say. They're, they're the polar opposites to angels that, that also exist. Um, and demons, they, they look like demons. I mean, they have little horns, uh, as you would imagine them. And uh, the one that um, I had a problem with, he looked very much like the uh, golem out of Lord of the Rings, only with little horns in the forehead. Um, yeah, no, to my way of thinking, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, then <laughs> it most likely is a duck. Right. Okay, well, let, let me just ask you this, because astral projection is, is so often attached to what we call New Age. I'm going to try and frame a context here. Uh, there is also within this frame... Uh, the notion that there is no such evil in the world except as, you know, man creates the evil. Uh, and you're telling us that these are real entities, real beings, the opposite of, of angels, the polar opposite, and that they exist independent of man. Is it, do I have that right? Correct. 
I mean, if angels exist, then demons exist. Because everything has an opposite. Um, there, there is a balance in the world. And they, um, if you can get past the fear, which is no mean feat, we have an instinctive uh, fear of these things, uh, you can start to see that they actually form a valuable part of life. They are not quite what they seem to be. They provide resistance. They provide a lot of testing. And they test us and trial us and provide a balance. And if they did not exist, uh, if evil did not exist, then if there was only good in the world, then, um, you know, humanity would die out. It would stop progressing because it is between these two great forces, between angels and demons, that the influences of those that humanity evolves. Uh, It's very much like um, I was told when I was 12 in Sunday school. uh, It's like you've got a little... Um, demon on your left hand shoulder and a little angel on your right hand shoulder I'm sure you've seen the cartoon at some stage where they do that and it's said that the one you listen to the most becomes larger and more and louder and more powerful and the one you don't listen to becomes smaller and weaker and it's very much like that Uh, these things have a specific purpose now people generally for their own peace of mind tend to minimise these things and put them down to being uh, like you know, they're like thought forms created by humankind. Uh, but these things are ancient beyond belief, just like angels are. And if one exists, then the other exists. Okay. So <clears throat> the idea, then I'm just, I'm, I'm looking to condense this. You know, we, we like these sound bites that, that come as a result of our show. The idea that the the separation uh, man from god uh, is the only illusion and in that illusion all evil arises you would say it's just false to fact well everything is of god if god is the universe is the universe and created the universe and god created everything within the universe and that includes good and evil angels and demons everything is a part of God and a part of God's plan, you could say. And and you don't find that disquieting, God creating demons? Well, of course it can be disquieting. It's much nicer just to believe in the positive. I'm an all for positive thinking. But when it comes down to the streets, when it comes down to actually dealing with this, you find a lot of people have very, very serious problems in this area. And by and large today... They are disbelieved and blamed for their own problems. Uh, I mean, when I had this problem for several weeks before I um, I was led to a place where I was released, uh, I was disbelieved. Uh, People looked at me. uh, I went to healers and teachers. I'm going to ask you to hold that one, Robert. And when Mm -hmm. we get back, we we have a hard break coming up, but when we get back, I do want you to pick it up right where you are, and then we want to get into uh, how you do, uh, how you teach people the healing process while they're doing out-of-body traveling, all right? You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment. guest today is Robert Bruce, and we're discussing his work, his books, including energy work and uh, how you do much of this out of the body. We'll be right back after these words from some of our friends. You want to be sure and stay tuned. And if you're in the chat room, enjoy the video that we're about to show of, of Robert and some of his work. Stay tuned. Confusion. Deception. 
manipulation, feeling a bit controlled, lost? Learn how you can take back control of your life through proven techniques in Eldon Taylor's revised edition of Choices and Illusions. This New York Times bestseller is a guidebook to your journey to self-actualization filled with practical, real-life solutions backed by scientific studies and guaranteed to awaken your inner genie. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? Inner Talk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. Inner Talk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R. T-A-L-K dot com. Intertalk dot com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're discussing astral travel and energy work with our special guest from down under, uh, Mr. Robert Bruce. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, you know, the books are really great books. Uh, the Energy Work uh, by Robert Bruce uh, and Astral Dynamics, too, that I have read, uh, I, I recommend. I mean, they are great books. You can check them out. We have links at uh, my website. They're at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Great books. Uh, if, uh, you know, before I guess we get back for today's show, I want to invite you all to check out while you're looking at or checking out online uh, sites, check out Provocative Enlightenment, our new website. Uh, you can just go to provocativeenlightenment.com. Uh, also, how about liking our Facebook fan page for Provocative Enlightenment Radio? Uh, as a fan of the show, you'll receive special announcements and incentives from time to time as our way of thanking you for your uh, support. I would also like to invite you to join me on Facebook while you're there. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. Now, let's get back to the show. Before the break, uh, we were discussing demons, Robert, and uh, good and evil. And, and I interrupted you. You were, you were telling how when this happened to you, this, this event with a demon, how many people disbelieved you. So please continue with your story. I had to, to actually deal with the problem because I actually had the real deal uh, here with my demonic possession. And uh, I had to uh, learn how to put aside all religious belief and to focus on my own personal experience. And through personal experience, I opened myself, you could say, to my higher self, and I was guided to learn certain things by experiencing them, um, to learn how to deal with this. And some of the things that I learned, uh, you will find in my book, they're my uh, primary countermeasures. Uh, and this is a completely new way of looking at all negative entities, which includes any troublesome entity that bothers human beings. And 
Number one is that for all intents and purposes, these beings are earthbound. They are bound to the, literally bound to the surface of the earth like a two-dimensional shadow that we can't see. They can project a 3D image, but they are bound to the surface of the earth and they cannot cross running water. And that's, that's a big deal. But running water itself is a, uh, is a magical thing scientifically. Uh, running water generates a fairly strong current of, of electricity and it's also incredibly grounding. Now, uh, negative entities are very, very prone to uh, grounding, electromagnetic earthing, where in a way they are absorbed into the planet. And uh, also they, are, um, they avoid the um, uh, running water like the plague. It's almost like it's a chasm that they fall into. So that's part of my primary uh, countermeasures. One is the use of running water and the uh, use of electromagnetic grounding, of electrically grounding yourself. So, for example, if you come under any kind of attack, uh, don't reach for a, a Bible or a book or say prayers on that. Jump in the shower. Expose yourself to running water and you will break the attack instantly like that. You know, it's a very, very powerful countermeasure. So approaching it like that, I started to have success, you know, approaching it as a scientist. And, um, yeah, eventually I learned enough not only to help myself and help a lot of other people, but to write a, a good book about it, which really, really helps a lot of people. Okay, and now, you know, I, I'm just going to take this at face value, what, what you just told me. I'm just going to accept that at face value there are these entities and the, and they are subject to the things that you're saying. And so now I'm going to ask you, however, how many people have these experiences, uh, take them to be genuine, uh, but indeed, instead of an astral travel or an attachment, it's a product of imagination or even a lucid dream. Yeah, sure, you get that. I mean, you get people who are delusional, who, uh, you know, have fantasy, they, they imagine they have these sort of problems. But you also get the real deal as well. How, how do you distinguish between the two, Robert? That, um, that can be difficult because some people are very, very clever and, and they'll put on the symptoms. Uh, but when you're actually working with somebody, there are particular symptoms that a person would have uh, that are unique to this condition. Uh, and there are some things that I don't even put in my book. And there's a certain pattern to these things when I'm dealing with a person. Um, for example, uh, if they're being attacked by something, I, w I would expect uh, the, the pollution of the mind. The mind becomes polluted with uh, horrible negative thoughts. And you'll also get certain physical symptoms, certain touches, pains, crampings, and uh, you know, various other phenomena, of course, will come along with this. And that, that part of it, the phenomena, is pretty hard to fight. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's uh, take a couple of phone calls. Are you up to that? Sure. And uh, then we'll come back and let's talk about how this energy works. We uh, we have on line one Don from St. Paul, uh, Alberta, up in Canada. Uh, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Don. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm happy to be on, Eldon and Robert. Um, now I have a whole bunch of different questions I've, after listening. Um I've had a few out-of-body experiences where um, I was at the grocery store one time, and it was just as if I was up above looking at all the people in the store, just kind of observing, and a couple uh, were in bed where I was out, and I saw myself laying in bed, and they were after I had done um, 
It's called Brain Gym. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Uh, Brain Gym and Acupressure, it is the type of energy work that I had done, and I I noticed I had those after I had that done to me. Um, My question is, how can you... How can you use those? Like, how can I have more of those types of experiences and to to use them um, for the good, like to find answers to things? Does that make sense? <clears throat> well, to, ha- to have more of these things, uh, you've had a couple there, which is great. That shifts your belief systems over to uh, allowing mm-hmm. them and accepting them. Um, but... It is a process. Uh, um, we teach this. I run uh, regular online workshops. Uh, we do a five-week intensive um, uh, called PAPI, Practical Astral Projection and Energy Work Intensive. And uh, so I've been teaching uh, thousands of people this process. And it's a matter of, uh, one, learning the, the process you need, which is deep physical relaxation um, and putting yourself into uh, an altered state of mind so that your physical body is allowed to fall asleep while your mind stays awake. And uh, also doing some energy work like you've already been doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, then of using uh, uh, various techniques to trigger the astral projection reflex to come out of your body. Uh, And and it's a definite process. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this is given in my books, uh, astraldynamics.com, which you can buy. I also give, uh, there's a free copy of my first edition, Astral Dynamics. I give away on my uh, new website. If you go to uh, astralbob.com, uh, okay. you'll get a free uh, ebook copy of uh, Astral Dynamics, uh, the full book, free to download. But okay. yeah, it's a process. You, you just have to go through the exercises and put some time and effort into it, and, uh, and that's, that's how you learn how to do it. You, you will start having more and more out-of-body experience success. Okay, and, it was scary yeah. at first, but then it was, especially at the grocery store, it's like, whoa, what is happening? It's just observing people doing their everyday thing. Yeah. But And I believe what you said about forces, like I'm I'm a spiritual person, but I do believe in in forces, like you said, the devil and the angel, and I, and I do try to always go for the good, but I do sometimes feel that, that other force pulling me back or being negative or things just happening that are kind of spooky that just, I mean, it sounds odd, but things things happening where it's like I know it's not a good energy. Like it's good energy yeah. and bad energy, but it's, it's I can feel sometimes a tug of bad energy happening. And, and like you said, having a shower, I've done that before. I also smudge and that helped a lot with that, too, but it yeah, just... smudging helps. Pardon? Smudging helps. Mm-hmm, a lot. Usually I yeah. smudge, and then I take a shower, and then I smudge again just to kind of get back the, the cleanness and the good energy back. Yeah, all those things work, uh, including the use of incense and things like that. Things that you do in your own home are hugely... They're a really good countermeasure. They keep all the negative energies out of your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does help a lot. Can I ask just one more question? Because like I said, just listening to this, it just kind of got me interested in other things. If if you have a feeling like I'm, I'm going to school for correction, but I'm I'm feeling a real pull, I want to keep going for corrections, but I'm, I'm interested in a program called Pups in Prison, and that just kind of keeps pulling me back to do that. Is that... 
then the old negative stuff comes in, like, oh, why are you doing that? You don't even know how to train dogs. You don't train your own dog, blah, blah, blah. But I've got this real pull and real feeling. How do you know to listen to that and not get pulled by the negative? Well, when dealing with that, you, you have you have your internal guidance mechanism, your mm-hmm. uh, which the gut feeling, which is what you were describing there. You keep getting pulled towards something. Uh, which is a really good sign. And you, you, you balance that with your own mind and your own intellect. You know, you look at the logic of the situation, you see if it's feasible. I mean, it's feasible and you get this real urge to do it, then, you know, it's a good idea to follow that. Okay. Okay. All right, well, thanks. Thank you thanks very much. Thanks for calling, Don. Appreciate it. Okay, oh. thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Robert, you uh, started on a subject that I'd like you to expand on a little bit uh, in, in this conversation with Don, and that's the exit problems that you discuss in the book Astrodynamics. And I'll have you give that website again where people can get a free copy of that. So why don't you give the website and then, then tell us what these exit problems are and how you overcome them. Sure. My home website is uh, astraldynamics.com. Uh, but the free book is available on my other venture, astralbob.com. And uh, you can just download the ebook there. Astral what? Bob? A-S-T-R-A-L-B-O-B for Bob. Got you. Astralbob.com. Yeah. Uh, exit problems are many. Uh, you have to understand my approach to astral projection is quite different to any other teacher because of something I discovered uh, many years ago. It's called the mind split effect. Now, and what essentially happens, and this is fundamental to all out-of-body experience, that everybody experiences OBE every night, including animals. Animals project out every night as well. Uh, it's like fundamental to a living being. Everything projects out at nighttime when they sleep. Uh, but when you project out of your body, uh, whether you do it intentionally or whether it happens spontaneously or during your sleep, you, the original mind and memory and spirit you, never leaves your physical body while you still live, never. But what, what happens is when you fall asleep and you get into a, an altered state, you, proge- you generate and project an energy copy of yourself outside of your physical body. This is like the RAM in a computer. And the moment that you uh, project that out of your body while you're falling asleep, there's an event I call the mind split occurs. Now, as that energy copy is produced, as it uh, misaligns with you and separates there was a mind split event it's like a little click and you're separated now once you separate and this is particularly important if you're still awake in your conscious in your physical body mind uh, you know trying to induce an after projection a lot of people go through the process and they, they get they get the sensations the vibrations the rapid heart chakra sensation the falling sensation and they feel themselves start to come out of the body and then it all stops nothing happens but in reality what's happened they are still awake in their physical body mind and haven't left but the astral body has been projected and has actually left the physical body mind and is now existing separate from them and gathering experience memories independently so there's two of you existing now, you and your physical body, mind, still awake, you know, you know, looking at a failed after projection attempt, and you that succeeded in the after projection uh, uh, are out and about, you know, moving through your house or uh, through the shopping mall, wherever you are at, and, uh, you know, you're gathering memories independently. Now, because you've got two of you there, 
when the astral body wants to come back into the physical body, you have two completely different memory streams here, which you want, you want to download the astral projection memories into the physical body mind so that they overwrite the, uh, you could say, the conscious memories of you lying there in your physical body thinking, oh, I failed again. Um, which may not be much of a memory, but you habitually tend to store the memories you have in your physical body much more easily than you do uh, astral projection memories like dream memories, which are very, very fickle. So, of course, you've got a built-in problem here trying to download that memory uh, into conscious recallable memory. So that's one of the, the biggest causes of the problems uh, of uh, astral projection failure. I mean, it's relatively easy to have an astral projection five minutes instruction and most people would, would lay down or sit down in a chair and relax and be able to induce an astral projection. But remembering it is a difficult part because we don't normally remember those, have those memories. You know, they tend to download into the deep subconscious and get lost. You know, we rarely remember dream memories. You know, we'll remember a few of those sometimes, but astral projection memories are further down the list. So we go for a training process uh, and using various techniques for re-entering the physical body uh, after a very short OBE, say 30 seconds out of body, that's important, uh, and then dive back into your physical body, passionately shouting your success to make a strong memory to impress that upon the physical body mind so you've got a chance of making a memory, um, uh, capturing a memory of the experience. So all of these little things, the little tricks that we teach, go towards you remembering an astral projection. So then your virtual projection technique, how does it differ from what you just explained? Oh, the virtual projection technique is, is, is uh, something very cool to try when you get out of body. Um, once you've been able to get out of body and, and you know, remember it. And uh, virtual projection is to uh, project into a picture, into a, a TV screen, uh, any kind of a picture or even a mirror, uh, to project into, say, a picture you've got on your wall. And as, as you approach a picture, I, I discovered this uh, many years ago by accident when I was first uh, uh, teaching myself to um, uh, come out of body when I was first working on the Internet. And I was teaching other people. And um, I, I had an OBE one night, and uh, I was uh, came out of my body standing next to where I was lying in bed. And I had a, I had a painting on the wall that was uh, used to belong to my father. And um, cut a long story short, I moved towards that. And as I moved towards the painting, it, be, it became much, much, much bigger, or I became very small. And I shifted into a realm, an astral realm, you could call it, which was exactly like the picture. So it, it was a picture of an autumn scene of a, of, of a swamp and an old building and that. And I found myself in this realm with the same building and the same swamp and the same trees. And uh, after that happened a couple of times, I, I cottoned onto that. But then if you put up a picture that you like, get a nice sunny beach scene and uh, uh, I mean, get a, cut out a couple of pictures of the people you'd like to meet in the, your astral project. In, in your virtual projection there and stick them on the, uh, the uh, poster you've picked out there. And when you come out of your body, just move towards the picture. You've got to have some light, of course. Uh, move towards the picture and keep your mind clear. And as you pass through the picture, that you will shift into a realm identical to the picture. And I've, I've had some success with connect, uh, connecting with deceased people and friends in this way as well. It's, yeah, it's quite a, quite a neat trick because once you're there... Yes. It's like real life. Wow. 
I, I'm going to have to try that. I, 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 t- I must tell you, Robert, I, astral projection is one of these things that I used to think was just foo-foo. And uh, then I had one. Of, I had a spontaneous astral experience, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you can call it a conversion if you want. But you know when you do, when you experience these things, it's really difficult for you to turn back around. Doesn't matter how cynical you might be, or you know how much of a skeptic you might consider yourself to be, uh, how much academic rises up in you, you can't turn around and, de- and deny them. Okay, let's let's take this next step. You do healing out of the body. And uh, energy work, your book Energy Work, is basically about that. Uh, what is the advantage to out-of-body uh, healing as opposed to, um, you know, any other practice that we might use? Well, out-of-body experience when used for healing is uh, it brings you a lot closer. You can say it gives you a much better connection with your patient or the person you're trying to help, regardless of what it is. And uh, if you visit them in the astral, now keep in mind, you may visit them in real time, which is like when you project out a body and you're in the real world, like that lady in the shopping mall. Um, yeah, it's like being a ghost in the real world. You visit a person like that and uh, you, it, it, it gives you an opportunity to observe the, uh, you could say, the uh, spiritual body of the person. Uh, but more likely, you will tend to shift into an astral realm uh, while you're visiting the patient, so you will see an astral version of them. And again, you can pick up a lot of, ver- uh, a lot of uh, information about the person and often communicate with their deeper self, uh, like communicating with their a spiritual self. And no. you, can, you can give them encouragement, give them advice, and, of course, give them healing. And anything done in the astral is much more powerful than what is done in the physical, if you can do this in the astral. Uh, and this is something you teach in your courses, including your online course. Listen, let's uh, let's take a phone call. Let's get our, our audience more involved, and, and then we'll come back, all right? We have on uh, we have Luan from Las Vegas, Nevada on the line. Welcome to Progressive. Yeah, Progressive. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Luan. Hi, thank you. You have a question for Robert. I do. I experience trying to come back in where I, I'm, I'm conscious and I'm aware, but I can't move my body. And uh, I have yeah, to that... completely relax, mm-hmm. and I have to pop back in. That's uh, You find yourself paralyzed? Yes. Yeah, paralysis is very common, uh, commonly related to astral projection. What it means when you're paralyzed is that you have an astral projection in progress. Because when your astral body leaves your physical body mind, uh, most of the energy of your body, of energy of consciousness, shifts into your astral double. And that is ambulatory and moving around the astral, and it doesn't leave much over for the physical body, and it's generally paralyzed. So you'll be there, you'll, you'll feel okay, you, um, you know, you, but you just can't move. And right. uh, Yeah, and there's often an interaction between your astral body and your physical body paralyzed self as well. Uh, and you can often feel some things. You might feel a presence in the room uh, coming from a particular uh, uh, direction, for example, and that is a sign that your astral body is close by, and it will often be sensed as a creepy presence because the energy of your astral body, if you feel that in your physical body, has a kind of a creepy feel to it. It's just how the energy works, and it's just your own astral body. Okay, because I always get that... The message to relax, 
completely. Yep. And then as that's... soon as I relax completely, I can pop it back in, but I find myself jolting back in. Yeah, that's a, that's a smart thing to do. If you relax and don't get scared, you won't cause any problems because if you get scared, you're going to project that to your astral body and it's going to get scared. It's going to feel scared for no reason. And then that's right. going to feed that back to you and you get this compounding effect can be, which can be really quite scary. If you want to break the, uh, um, the paralysis, by the way, focus on moving one big toe. And the instant you move that one big toe, you'll find you'll restore movement. It'll really astral body back in again. All right, okay, Luann, so we're out of time. Okay. I pre- we appreciate your phone call. Thanks very much. Robert, very quickly, you want to give your website again? Sure. Please go to astraldynamics.com or go to astralbob.com and get a free copy of my first edition as a PDF download. That's a great book. It's a great read. We appreciate you joining us from down under today. Um, you know, this is this is a subject we're going to have to take up again. We've got lots of comments coming in from the chat room, lots of, uh, of remarks, lots of things that could be covered here. If you had to sum up your your recommendation for everybody out there, Robert, in in 10 seconds or so, what would you suggest with regard to how they begin astral projection? The same thing my um, higher self told me when it spoke to me once years ago and put me on the path. Proceed only through personal experience. Cool. And realize, do a housekeeping on your belief system and get rid of everything you haven't personally experienced and start with that and proceed only through personal experience. All right, there you go. All right, we've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank you all for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show. We do try and bring you some provocative subjects and some provocative conversation. Uh, Spend some time thinking about it. Reassess those values. That is indeed what my new book is about. Until next time, remember, believing in your...